Security clearance level three or above is required to access files. Command codes verified. Welcome back to GGR Pirate Radio. Welcome back to another episode of GGR Pirate Radio, guys. My name is Mike Lunsford. Thank you so much for joining us. It's the Great Geek Refuge. It's www.greatgeekrefuge.com. We've got articles. We've got podcasts. We've got lots of great content with pictures. None of them moving pictures, but, you know, still pictures. Those are great. Everybody loves those. (laughs) Joining me. For part two of the Geek Sheep, of course, the the creator of and co-founder of GGR, uh, his name is Steve Monick. Thank you for not firing me despite me stealing it. Just a ton of office supplies. That's where those went. You son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> also joining us uh, is the host of The Overflow. He's also a very, very talented rapper, which you can find his stuff on uh, Bandcamp. And you want to go to Bandcamp because you then pay him money to do his thing, which he's quite good at. His name is MC Brooks. Just here so I don't get fired. Hey, look at that. And we've also got the uh, executive producer of Fantastic Forum and host of Arlington in the Morning on WERA 96.7. His name is Ulysses E. Campbell. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so quick aside here. Um, you, you did the Elvis voice, and I have to mention this. I... Elvis is this weird um, guilty pleasure that I have. I just, I love him as a person. Like, his his whole story, the first, like, I feel like rock god, like, just lived the, in this palace in Tennessee. Like, he just, ex- he had this incredibly strange existence, but his stories are, like, of myth and legend. And there's these myths and, le- like, these stories about him when he would be watching TV and eating. Like, that was his thing. He would sit in front of his TV and eat, like, a sandwich or a hamburger or whatever. But whenever a commercial that was objectionable would come on, for instance, if it was a Massengale commercial or a commercial about tampons, he would get grossed out and then he would take his, his pistol and shoot the TV. And we were, Sandy and I were watching uh, King of the Hill on Hulu the other night and a commercial for a feminine hygiene product came on and I started laughing like hysterically and Sandy's like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, I'm just picturing Elvis shooting our TV out right now. He's like, oh man, I don't want to watch this stuff. This is gross, and then shooting the TV. So, <laughs> you know, kind kind of makes you sorry that uh, Elvis didn't live in a more modern time because he could have muted the TV, he could have <laughs> changed the channel with his uh, remote control. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the only thing you've got at that point, you know, in the late '60s, '70s, whatever, is well, I got I got my pistol here, I'm gonna shoot the TV. <laughs> Just like the fact that he was so rich and like he was just like, oh man, this is gross. And he'd shoot the TV. <laughs> and then he'd go out and buy another TV because he's Elvis, because he can. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Anyways, moving back, let's go into the geek sheets. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't do a quick um, mea culpa here and say, hey, you know, I said we were done talking about DC and Marvel. Um, we missed something really, really important, and I think Steve might actually tender his resignation if I didn't bring this up. 
Um, <laughs> Not if he wants to keep getting those office supplies he wants. <laughs> I wallpaper my walls with post-it notes. Oh, that's such a good idea. Um, there was a trailer. I don't know if you guys heard about it or not. It's, it's kind of a small character. He's a, he's a Spider-Man, and he's far from home. Let's talk a little bit about that. Steve, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so obviously the follow-up to Spider-Man um, – the trailer dropped like the full trailer two minutes got a lot of scenes there was some talk out there before about how they're going to be mysterio and spider-man be teaming up and fighting these elementals and stuff and it looks like that's confirmed based on the trailer anyone who knows anything about mysterio knows there's probably something up yeah it's probably not all what it seems but um whether or not these things are actually elementals or it look like people are people online are calling them sandman and and uh, molten man and hydro man and stuff it's like yeah it's probably both uh who cares but man <laughs> i can't wait to see jake gyllenhaal be mysterio i grew up and mysterio was always my favorite of the spider-man's rogues gallery and i just cannot wait to see jake gyllenhaal who was not spider-man <laughs> he lost to <laughs> toby mcguire <laughs> And now he's a bad guy, and I think he might end up being equally memorable. All I'm saying is, though, um, before anybody make, uh, actually sees this movie, make sure you watch the prequel to it, um, where Jake Gyllenhaal actually played uh, a young Mysterio, and that's Bubble Boy. Ah, oh, no, I see uh, what you did hey, there. Okay, thank you. All right, yeah. That was Because <laughs> Mysterio has a weird dome on his head. There, there it is. Okay, thank you. Yeah. It was a it was a it was a hard pull. Not everybody's seen Bubble Boy, but there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. That one person that laughed. <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> um I Hey, wait a second. You so ahead. you say that um uh Toby Maguire just beat out um uh Jake Gyllenhaal for Spider Man? Yep. I believe so, yeah. Like they were oh. I think they both um audition for the part oh yeah well you know i know that a bunch of folks audition you know it's interesting so um i wonder if if jake gillenhall gets that role does he still do brokeback mountain does toby mcguire maybe do brokeback mountain huh oh they could just trade lives yeah just all you know because all of it, 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 it we I don't mean, trade lives <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that, uh, and this, you know, might not be the most popular kind of thing because I try to be inclusive and whatnot, but I wouldn't have wanted, like, Jake Gyllenhaal to be Spider-Man and then to have been, like, you know, gay cowboy dude in Brokeback Mountain. I mean, the, jo yeah. the Joker like... was. I mean, he went from gay cowboy to the Joker. I mean, are you just saying, well, yeah. like, the heroes I, in general, or? You know, it, it, didn't, it didn't bother me, you know, with... Um, Heath Ledger. I mean, because I didn't really, you know, I, I, I'm told that the Joker that he played in that movie was more like the characterization of the Joker from a comic book called Gotham Central. I can tell you he wasn't any Joker I recognized in that movie. I mean, but you know, you also got to understand I grew up with Cesar Romero. I mean, and to me, that was perfectly acceptable. Still is. You know, I'm like, oh, Cesar Romero. Yeah, you know. They're basically I mean, the same character. Mustache under pancake makeup. <laughs> of course. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh, Caesar Romero. Nailed it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. It. 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 It was. Uh, you know. I mean. I don't know. And it's. It. Uh, hey. Like I said. Brokeback Mountain. That's. That's. Uh, 
I don't. Faust sums it up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a movie. Why can't I quit you? I mean, if at that point he tried to run away from him and then Jake Gyllenhaal used his spiderweb fluid to bring him back, then there's your tie-in right there. He, he didn't have to use his spiderweb fluid. Tie-oh. <laughs> On that note, um, moving forward. Um, uh, I really, I, I think Tom Holland consistently impresses me every single time. Like, he just, he, he's like the, the, they couldn't have cast him better as Peter Parker. And the fact that, like, he just continually spoils everything that's going on and every interview that he does is just, like, it's it's adorably awkward. And it's just, like, it's like he really is, like, an awkward teenager. Like, even in real life. Like, they, they, they didn't even cast him. They were just like, hey, we didn't realize that you actually are Peter Parker in real life with a British accent. Let's go ahead and just, just put you out there. Just keep doing your Spider-Man thing, man. It's, it's working out great. Like... <laughs> This kid. We'll get you the tech. We'll get you the web shooters. You just keep being you. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's. I think this will be fun. I think this will be interesting. I really like that they're having him go outside of New York. I think that it's, it's really going to be interesting. And yep. Um. I'm. I'm. I'm quite excited about this one. I think this is going to be good. Um. Uh. It, MC it, thoughts on this one, man? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting too. I mean, for one, uh, this movie takes place apparently moments after whatever happens in Endgame. Oh, so, by the way, so, have you guys seen that theory? And I'm sorry to cut you off here, but have you guys seen the theory that he never left the bus? I, oh, wait. What, you mean and he imagined everything? No. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that Peter Parker never actually got off the bus. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't. I'm not saying I like it. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, it's there's a lot that of theories out there that are dumb that I think are interesting. <laughs> like, I thought you were gonna say that events in Endgame happened that split two divergent timelines permanently, and the Spider-Man Far From Home picks up on one of them, and then other stuff like the Eternals movie that's coming out and stuff like that's a thread that picks up from a different divergent timeline oh, there's a yeah. lot of weird crap going on right now because no one knows what's going to happen in endgame yeah. right well yeah. if it takes place moments after the end of endgame then it means that spider-man comes back so i mean that was one of the hardest things for me with that avengers movie i mean people started disappearing and i'm like spider-man disappeared i'm like yeah. oh dude black panther dude. yeah yeah that was a hard one too but spider-man you know spider-man is like the cornerstone of the marvel universe you know i mean that's uh, I mean, as much as i love the black panther i mean he's no spider-man yeah and, and 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 it was really hard it was really heartbreaking too because of because of his relationship to tony too and Tony is the last person to see him, and you just hear him say, "You know, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good." And then, uh, yeah, I think the was, Spidey sense yeah. was kicking in there. He knew something, yeah. was, something bad was happening to him. Yeah, there, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. that was it was gut wrenching. Even if you knew it was going to happen, like just seeing it, it was it was well acted. The whole, the whole thing, like it's yeah. This is going to be, like Steve was saying, this is just going to be one heck of a summer. Like you're going to have. Yeah. You're gonna have uh, Captain Marvel, then you're gonna have Endgame, then you're gonna have Spider-Man. Like it is just gonna be, just action-packed, and it is. Uh, I'm gonna have to pick up some extra hours at work just to have enough money to go see all these movies. So, <laughs> well, it, it, it's like last year, you know. I mean, oh, if yeah. you look, if you look at 
the top movies of 2018, I mean, just the top five, they're all genre-related pictures. Black Panther, Infinity War, Incredibles 2, Jurassic World, Deadpool 2, you know, I mean, and you start going down the list, and there, there are even more of them. Aquaman, you know, I mean, rounding out Ant-Man and the Wasp Solo, a Star Wars story, the only two that aren't really genre movies in the top ten are uh, The Grinch at number seven and Mission Impossible Fallout at number eight. I can't believe The but, Grinch made that much money. Uh, well, uh, they, they went with the domestic gross. And so uh, number The Grinch at number seven comes in at $270 million. It was that good? Well, it made that much money. <laughs> like I, said, I didn't animated, think... <laughs> animated movie during the holidays, dude. Yeah. Started at Thanksgiving and went into the Christmas that's, season. Yeah. Like All that's right. basically a license to print cash. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Especially enough. if it's the Grinch, you know. I mean, now I don't personally. I don't think that any of these. I didn't see the Jim Carrey thing or you know other. But you know, you've got um, Boris Karloff <laughs> doing the voice <laughs> on the original Grinch cartoon. To me. There, you know, there's no surpassing that. I'm, I'm with you on that one too. Yeah, like I don't care how so many times they read it. One thing that didn't make it into the article. This is breaking news here. Um, so obviously the first Spider-Man movie, Homecoming. This one's Far From Home. Everyone's wondering like what the third one's gonna be. I have the title. It's Spider-Man Homeward Bound. After the end of his trip here and fighting with Mysterio, him and Shadow, an old dog, and the snobby cat, uh, they have to work their way back to New York City. I thought you were going to do the uh, the other bit that was uh, Spider-Man Home Alone, where he has to fight <laughs> off um, two burglars that are trying to break into his house because Aunt May left him home while she went on vacation to Paris. Are you thirsty for more? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be original. Well done, Steve. Well done. See, yeah. if you did it, if you did a Homeward Bound, but then it was like Spider-Man and Shadow Cat, and then you just need to have like a like a dog-based superhero. But I don't think there are any dog-based superheroes. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Why isn't there one? Yeah, I Question. guess because dogs are too friendly and we like them too much. Like, I don't, uh, I don't know. You know. I, I I think it's nobody wants because inevitably there'd be jokes about fire hydrants and licking yourself and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, I know that I, there's I, a series yeah. of, of of books that my my uh, my son reads. Oh, Cosmo, freaking Cosmo! Yeah, there you Cosmo. go. There you go. Yeah. Crypto. Well, you got you got wolf based and, superheroes. Yeah. And you got Crypto, the super dog. Yeah, there's always that. Well, he actually is a dog. Though. Yeah. If all, yeah, there's no dog man, which is well, there there is a dog man. It's by the same guy who does the Captain Underpants books and Jack's reads those. So, but it, it's it's a thing. Okay, uh, moving on. So, there's gonna be another Ghostbusters movie, but it's not gonna be a continuation of the um of the, the one that we movie just, with uh, all the women. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whoa. Be careful, Yuli. Yeah. Leslie Jones will come get you if you're not too, <laughs> like, too, okay. too kind. Oh, okay. Did you let's, hear about that? Let's talk about this yeah. for a second, yeah. okay? Like, my, my, my wife already took care of that. But it, it is. It's a gimmick movie. If you make one of the Ghostbusters a woman, if you even make two of them women, it, you know, you can, but all four of them are women, I'm sorry. That's a gimmick. I'm sorry. It is. <laughs> it I, is. I, I, 
I 100% agree. And like her, her tweet was basically like, I can't believe they're making another one. Trump sucks. And you're like, whoa, hold on. What's happening right now? I, I agree. I agree with you that he sucks. But how do these two things have to do with it? What do they do with the what? Uh, she, she, she doesn't get Trump that. She doesn't get Trump that sequel Trump. movie movie money. You know, it's, it probably was a three picture deal. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's your what do you mean? Point. I'm not going to be in it. You know? From my understanding, it's supposed to be two guys and two girls is going to make up the team, right? In the, in the third one here? Yeah, that's what I've read. Yeah. Oh, they're just not two of the girls that we knew from the other movie. See, what they're missing, though, hey. is if this is done right, you literally can have alternate dimension Ghostbusters, and you can have them converge at some point. So maybe she's just jumping the gun a little bit, you know, or the proton pack, so it were, in this case. But, like, they, they could still cross over. We don't know. Like, she's... It, I still, you know, I have the I have the, the friggin' Ghostbusters movie, the remake that they did on Blu-ray, and I've still never watched it. And it's not for any reason other than I just am not interested. It, it's not, it doesn't seem like something I really want to see. And every time you think good. about putting it in, it's like, oh wait, hey, but I, there's this paint drying on my wall over here. <laughs> well, it's. I think I'd rather watch that. <laughs> I wouldn't. It, even, it, it really just didn't look interesting. I wouldn't even go that far because I, we do have people like I can tell you for one that James Rambo has said that it's it's good. He enjoyed it. Um, and I. Well, Rambo was a very progressive kind of guy. With shit true. like that, you can't take his word for it. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wow. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> He's you just too progressive. Can't trust I'm telling you, he went in there, he was he was very receptive to that movie, I guarantee you. How, how dare he be receptive to fresh ideas? <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to go in resistant and have the movie win you over. You're supposed to be angry and have your arms crossed and be ready to write a scathing blog about it. Um, yeah. it you know, and be won over. Now that I'm impressed with. Like, really, you went in and it just won you over like that? I can, but that okay. whole, like, yeah, I, I think I'm saying. probably going to like this movie. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's okay. like a gimmick movie with these see, four women. See, now you know, I got to watch it. You know, <laughs> you better watch Wonder Woman first. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Please yeah. don't tell me you watch Ghostbusters 2016 before you watch Wonder Woman. Right. I, I, I might have a heart attack. Fine, I'll watch Wonder Woman. Jeez, I hate you guys. Um, I just, I've always loved. I think the first Ghostbusters movie is. Th there are certain movies that I feel are like works of art that are that are perfect in their presentation, in their writing, in in the whole thing. Ghostbusters and Indiana Jones fall into that category for me where they they were so well crafted and the way they were presented and the way they were written and the music and the whole the whole package together just works almost perfectly. I feel like you can't find flaw in them in any way shape or form. Do, uh, do unless you have you're a favorite I'm, I'm sorry. And I, I remember but do you have yeah. a favorite sequence from that first Ghostbusters movie? Oh. Something that just stands out to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the the finale is just at, just spot on when they're fighting Gozer and Gozer disappears and she's like, "Choose your destructor." And they're all like, "Oh God, what do we do? Clear our heads because whatever we come up with, it, it's going to destroy us." Well, if you think of J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover is going to come here and and destroy us. The choice has been made, and Ray just goes off on his tirade, and he's like, "I couldn't help it. It just popped in." He would never hurt us. <laughs> we used to roast fire, uh, mo roast uh, Stay Puft marshmallows by the fires of Lake Wakanda. Ray's gone bye bye, Egon, and it's the Stay Puft marshmallow man. Like that is that whole scene is just fantastic. Like it is that and the scene when they're in the um when they're in the mayor's office. Oh, 
that's my seed right there. When he goes, he goes, yeah, we were about to, we were about to do this, and then Dickless stopped us. And he goes, is this true? He goes, yes, it is true, Your Honor. This man has no dick. <laughs> you know, Bill Murray gives. It's it's sometimes he's so subtle. I like that, you know, because they lead up to it. You know, the the, the dead rising from the graves, or dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. You know. All right, all right. But what if you're wrong? You Lenny. Know, if we're wrong, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Lenny, baby, you will be personally responsible you. for saving millions of registered voters. Yeah. Oh, and the freaking <laughs> cardinals over there nodding, you know? <laughs> and then that pet guy, he's like, I can't believe you're seriously considering listening to these men. And this is where Murray gives his best bit. I mean, the look he gives, that kind of little side eye that he gives that guy, and then he looks back at the mayor, and it's just kind of like, really? And the mayor is like, get him out of here. <laughs> you know? I love that scene. Oh, that movie's so like, great. That is, yeah, yeah, that is one of, that is absolutely one of my favorites. And like, what's really funny too is, is like they've painted, um, if you look at it like realistically now in 2019, like, what that Walter Peck is actually the hero of that movie because like you've got these guys walking around with like nuclear weapons essentially strapped to their backs <laughs> and this like this like thing that's ready to like explode at a moment's notice and destroy half the city with like you know super kinetic um supernatural energy and he's basically just like hey you're gonna hurt a lot of people so maybe we should shut this down and they try to make him the bad guy like Walter Peck was actually the good guy the whole time <laughs> Yeah, that, that's why the spirits were loosed on New York. <laughs> yes, exactly. I always love the uh, specific thing about Ghostbusters. Nothing about the film specifically, but when I was in college, I worked for Family Video. It was yeah. an amazing college job. It's like, hey, it's not that hard to do. We're going to give you some money, and you can take home like all the movies all the time. Uh, but the rule was we'd either play their like little promo DVD, or we could play any movie that was G- PG rated Ghostbusters came out one month before PG 13 existed uh, so I could play Ghostbusters without getting in trouble over the thing and I watched that movie so many freaking times just to get it like I'd watch that I'd watch Temple of Doom like I'd watch all these movies that I knew came out in the early 80s before PG 13 existed just because I knew I could get away with it so Ghostbusters I mean man I watch it way more than I should have <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ghostbusters was the, I remember being a kid and going to see that movie in the theaters with my parents. Like that was the first that's the first movie I ever remember actually going to see was that first Ghostbusters movie. Wow. Yeah. Well, and yeah, when and you had that Ray Parker Jr. song Aww. that like was a huge hit and yeah. you know everybody was that whole who are you going to call? <laughs> yeah. It's and it's it is like one of the easily like most identifiable songs. It's 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 fantastic. Um well, and they took that universal symbol for no, and yeah. all of a sudden, everything you didn't like, I mean, to this day, yeah. I've taken that symbol and slapped it over the freaking Dallas Cowboys emblem. You know, no Cowboys, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like... Yeah, I, I think it'll it'll be good. I'm excited. I'm glad they're doing more Ghostbuster stuff. I think that this is going to be win-win. Um, I... It stinks that they can't find some way to integrate. Well, maybe they will. Like, you know, maybe they'll find a way to integrate the 2016. Because again, trying to be inclusive here, like the movie couldn't have been that bad. Like I think it might have been a little I heard too. It was good. I think it might have been a little heavy-handed in the sense that it was just like we're doing everything different and we're forcing this to be this way. That's fine. Maybe there's something that can be gained from this and having all of the Ghostbusters together to fight a common super enemy of of Gozer and. Um, 
uh, Vigo the Destructor's love child. Like, you know, their child is a giant monster ravaging New York City. I, I mean, why not? You know, sure. I heard it. I heard it was very good. And on top of that, you got Ivan Reitman's son, who's directing it. Oh, there you go. And I think that that's only, only, yep. only appropriate. Um, MC, I know that there was. Uh, you were trying to. Uh, you tried to say something about Spider-Man before I jumped into the. Uh, before I jumped into <laughs> Ghostbusters, buddy. What were you going to say about Spider-Man? Uh, oh shoot, let me have it pulled up. Um, uh, no, well, it was just a couple, a uh, couple Easter eggs that they had in the, the Far From Home trailer about um, several of the, uh, I guess, elementals that were depicted in the trailer. So uh, the first, so uh, the first one in um, in that scene where you see Nick Fury and Maria Hill fighting the sand creature. Um, if you actually look on the license plate, you see the number four sixty three. Oh, and then you can actually shout out to Emergency Awesome on YouTube because he's where I learned all this from. But uh, you see the number four sixty three, yeah. And he um, he points out that if you look at Amazing Spider-Man number four in nineteen sixty three, you actually get the first appearance of Sandman, which is an Easter egg for that. And then late, later in the trailer, when you see uh, Peter and I guess his classmates kind of running over the bridge on another car to the left. You see 2865 Sep, right? Which is a reference to Amazing Spider-Man number 28 in 1965, which is the first appearance of Molten Man, who uh, is apparently attacking the bridge at that point in the film. And then way later, way later in the trailer, you see ASM 212 behind Ned as they're like uh, going over the canals. Now, I mean, ASM could clearly stand for any number of things, but being that it's Spider-Man, clearly stands for Amazing Spider-Man 212, which is uh, which has the first appearance of, of Hydro-Man, who also appears in this trailer, as far as we know. I mean, it's, we're guessing here, obviously. But um, those are just a couple, of the, a couple of the Easter eggs. There's some other stuff, too, about uh, Sinister Six, um, that maybe uh, that, that maybe uh, they may be laying the groundwork for, seeing as uh, both Vulture and Scorpion are supposed to be making cameos in these films as well. So that's what I wanted to bring up. Nice. Earlier. I mean, I think that's you know, like it, it's just a quick mention on this, and then we'll jump into the turtles. Um, but the whole Easter egg concept, like my my kid has become a huge fan of looking for easter eggs and things and when we were watching uh ralph breaks the internet he was pointing out so many easter eggs it was like dad look at this this is this this is this and i was like part of me was just like dude shh, there's other people in the theater but like the other part was like damn you're really picking these up quick like it, it's there's it's awesome that these creators are making these movies and they're putting these little bits and pieces in as fan service but also too like hey, can you catch these things while watching the movie? Like, it's... I personally, like, I can't focus on that and focus on the movie. I need to I, I need to focus on one or the other unless it's, like, obvious and, like, right in front of your face. Yeah, I, I mean, I love Easter eggs mostly because for me... I mean, I've, I've said it before. Like, I, I didn't really read comics growing up. So for me, it's a good way for me to learn about other... about, about uh, things that I probably wouldn't have known otherwise. So, like, for example... 
uh, I discovered Emergency Awesome's channel where I was able to hear about these characters that are going to be appearing in in Far From Home. And there were some others, and there's some other stuff that he that he mentioned too, like the fact that uh, that uh, there's a, a people think that uh, Chameleon may be making a cameo in this film also. They they haven't really been able to. They're not 100% sure because they don't know what character this guy who was on set was playing. But, like, I, I like Easter eggs from that from that perspective because, for me, like, I get to expand the, the limited knowledge that I've had and then learn how, like, all of this stuff ties together in ways that I probably wouldn't have guessed otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I want to talk about the Turtles real quick here, too, um, because it is it was recently announced that Michael Bay and his company are looking to reboot the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film franchise again. And, like, why are they... It just seems weird that the same guy who rebooted them in the first place is going to reboot them again. Do you you know what I mean? Like, it's... I, I, It just doesn't make sense to me that, like, it was like, okay, we tried to do this thing, and it didn't really work out the way we wanted it to, so I'm going to try again. Normally, it's like, let's give this to somebody else. But, like... Michael Bay is the only one interested in doing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? Here's the analogy that I have for this. So, when growing up when you were playing video games, you always had that friend that you would play with, and they would play a level, and they would die and lose all their lives. And then you're like, cool, it's my turn. He goes, hold on, no, 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 let me play one more time, let me try one more time. And he would not give you the controller. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is Michael Bay is a horrible friend, <laughs> yeah. a selfish jerk. Um, it's he just like the the movies that they made. I mean, they weren't horrible, but they weren't they didn't feel like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies at all. And like this is coming from somebody who I this franchise became big when I was a kid. Like I was their target market. Like, I remember watching the cartoon, like, when it came on. I would rush home from school because it was on DC-20 so that I could watch it. And, like, I, I, I remember the movies when they came out in the theaters. Um, I dressed up as Donatello uh, when I was eight for Halloween. Like, it's... These, are, these were one of my favorite things growing up. And I just could care less about the movies because they have been garbage. And that really disappoints me. Because it's like, especially as a dad... I want to be able to share these things with my kid and be like, hey, this is a thing that I loved when I was a kid. Let me share it with you. But I can't because I don't even know what the hell's going on. Like, they look completely different. They act completely different. Megan Fox is in the movie for some reason. Like, it's... And I just don't don't understand it. And it frustrates me because it's like I can't even pick this up. You know how, like, sometimes you can stay away from a franchise for a while and turn it back on, and you're just like, oh, I know exactly what's going on. Oh, (laughs) classic Michelangelo, eating pizza and saying cowabunga. Like, they don't even do that anymore. And it just seems like they just keep trying to update this. And this this isn't just the Michael Bay stuff. It's all the stuff they do with the cartoons, too. It seems like the cartoons are completely different now as well. But Well, I was going to mention that the, the cartoon right now is actually pretty popular. And I think that's one of the driving factors behind them rebooting it is yeah. the fact that, that the, the the cartoon has had the success that it's had um, in recent years. I mean, I I liked the first the first rebooted movie. Yeah. I didn't see the second one. I've only seen clips. Um, kind of, I was actually kind of surprised that Stephen Amell was in there and he also was playing an archer, oddly enough. But 
Um, <laughs> he's got he's got one thing he can do really well, <laughs> right? Um, but I, but I, I I think that's part that's the the driving force behind it. I mean, whereas the movies were not widely received very well, uh, mostly because I feel I, I didn't hate the designs. I know a lot of people hated how they were depicted. I, I didn't care yeah um, that much. Um, but I think but uh, with the cartoon. And the, the, it seems like they're probably just going to try to borrow elements from the cartoon yeah. and try to bring that onto the big screen. But I, I do agree. It probably would need it probably would be better if they got someone else to do it just because it, it, Michael Bay has this thing like he's been directing for forever. He has this thing. He knows how he makes his movies. And if he's going to reboot something that he already previously tried his hand at and try to incorporate stuff that he probably is not largely familiar with since he didn't do the, the cartoon yeah. it's a little weird you know that's you know, weird you know who i think this is going to sound really weird but you know who i think would make an excellent director for a new teenage mutant ninja turtles movie who kevin smith oh yeah 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 i agree with that he, yeah. he does dialogue better than just about anybody and if you really think about the turtles the turtles are two things they're you know awesome badass martial arts and like quick-witted jabs you know like and i yep. feel like smith would be able to nail that or james gunn like i feel like one of those two would do an excellent job with with these characters because you could very easily because like okay your target demographic for a teenage mutant ninja turtles movie honestly if it's michael bay is adults that's what he's gunning for so then why not do something that's paying homage to the thing that the adults would want to see which is that late 80s early 90s turtles it just it just seems like it was miss it, like he missed the mark on this one and maybe they'll correct it but that's the other thing too is like i i'm all for i, I love having new people take opportunities do fresh ideas different takes on things give give this to somebody else michael bay like let somebody else try this i know the producers of the quiet place are going to be involved with this but like hopefully they're going to bring a fresh take to this hopefully so i don't i don't know I mean, nope yeah <laughs> same old same old just doing it Ooh. over again um i want to i want to pivot real quick to um because we only we'll, we'll have a, a couple minutes here and then we'll wrap up guys um star wars it is now i mean almost the end of january we're, we're, we're coming up on february real soon here we don't know anything about episode nine at all like they, they have told us nothing we have no title we have no trailer we have absolutely nothing is this all just a, a, a long like tease with them where they're going to give us something during the super bowl that that's kind of been the vibe right now that they're that that's going to be their big moment do you guys think we're going to see something in the super bowl for star wars yeah I, I, I just looked up something now there's an article that came out yesterday that says that then right now CBS has an ad slot listed as quote existing Star Wars episode nine teaser. Hmm. So it's not, so it's saying it's yeah I, I don't know what that means but that's that's what it that's what it says word for word. So it, it's it sounds like I mean the Super Bowl's in a week or a week and two days. So maybe that means that a teaser is going to drop before the Super Bowl and then also play during the Super Bowl, or... I, I don't know. That, I can't imagine they'd drop that before. I mean, given the nature of that particular event, 
you know, greatest moment of Western civilization for that year or whatever, you know. I mean, it just seems like, um, I mean, they could easily drop it before, and I don't think it would hurt. But how do you justify all those millions of dollars? I mean, I'd want to premiere sure. the spot during the Super Bowl, you, you know, and it, then. You yeah. do it beforehand for your, 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 like, super passionate fan base, and then you do it for the Super Bowl for everybody. I mean, I can I can see that because like you tell me, Mike, we're gonna have the Star Wars Episode Nine preview trailer at two o'clock in the morning on Saturday, uh, January twenty sixth. I'm going to be awake for that. Like, but, uh, if, yeah, but if you say yeah. to everybody else, hey, you'll see your first teaser of this for Super Bowl Sunday, then everybody else is gonna be like, oh, okay, cool. Like it's. Yeah, I, I but feel why, like you, why give it away for free? I mean, if you could do it on some streaming service that somebody's paying for, yeah, we're dropping it at such and such an hour. But I, and, yeah. and personally, I like what you're saying. Yeah. I just can't see them giving it away. I mean, this is I mean, this is Disney we're talking about, though. So, I mean, they've already yeah. probably paid for the spot. Like, they're not going to lose money. At this point, anything that generates um, excitement is going to be a good thing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like they don't like the reason and this is just complete speculation, but the reason we haven't seen as much advertising or anything for that is all the hype they're building right now is for the Marvel stuff that's in the front half of the year and Star Wars is in December. So they'll have basically six whole months after Marvel runs its course because oh. Disney owns all of it. So, you know, they don't want to cannibalize their own hype, so to speak. I, I don't know. Right. It's just it's just a guess, but. I, I can see that. I can that, see that, that it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, and literally, if you if you tease Star Wars and you literally just have something where it's just like Ray getting her hands on a kyber crystal and popping it into a saber and igniting it, episode nine, December 2019, that would probably be enough for the fanboys to like lose their minds over. Like it's they don't have to give away much and still and still keep the integrity of all your Marvel stuff coming out in the front half. Yeah, they still, to this day, fans still talk about the first teaser trailer for The Force Awakens. Oh, like, granted, Star Wars hasn't been, you know, a thing for years at that point, so to speak. But, like, you know, that trailer didn't tell us anything. The Falcon was flying over the desert and had that cool kind of, like, upside-down shot. Oh, dude has a cross-blade uh, lightsaber. Um, who's talking? I don't know what's happening. Like, it didn't tell you anything. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Maybe yeah, so the rolling droid and stuff. It's like, oh, that droid rolls. What the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a ball? That's so cool. Yeah. Um, has anybody, have any of you guys watched the animated series that they're doing on Disney XD? It's like Star Wars Path of the Resistance or something like that? Or Star Wars Resistance? Yeah. I have not. As, yeah, I have not seen a single episode of this. I haven't either. Yeah, I might have to try to see if I can find it and, and watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, it says that it's on Disney XD, um, so I'll have to, I'll pop it in. I'll tell you, I didn't know anything about Star Wars Rebels going into it, other than that it was set after episode uh, three, between three and four, like right before episode four, and I really enjoyed that a lot. That was an excellent series that they did, and that was, I honestly, I was like, oh, it's cartoony, so it's probably for kids. Nope, this was a, just a really good Star Wars series. Um Disney's been doing a really, really good job with their their extracurricular Disney uh, Star Wars stuff, like the non-movie stuff, and I've been very impressed. They have a YouTube channel right now. It's called Star Wars Adventures that has these cool little like anime style clips of um, like different profiles and stuff of Star Wars characters, and those are incredibly entertaining too. Like 
they did something with Darth Vader. It sounds stupid, but like I, I really appreciated what they did. They had a scene where Darth Vader was marching through um, one of the rebel um, uh, starships and the way he walked, they actually made it look like he had robotic legs. Like it wasn't like real like robotic, but it was just enough of a little bit of a, like a hitch in his walk. And you were just like, wow, that's the first time they've ever really done that with Darth Vader instead of him making it look like he's got regular human legs because he technically doesn't. And the, it, little things like that. And it's just, it's, it's, I, I'm, I love that they're giving this to other people too. And that they're giving other people to give their interpretations of what they feel the art's going to look like. What they feel, you know, the X-Wings should look like or the lightsabers should look like. Everybody kind of gets their own take and it's not like you have to do things our way. So I know a lot of people are really sour on Disney taking over Star Wars, but they've been giving a lot of people some creative reign with it. And some of the extended stuff, like some of the, the books... Um, you know, some of the, the comic books that Marvel's been doing have been fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, see, say what you will. There's this huge argument and divide over The Last Jedi and all that good stuff. But I agree. The, the entirety of what has been produced, when you look at it on the full spectrum, yeah. it, it's it's so much more positive than negative. Absolutely. Yeah. And they've done an, an incredible job of making it inclusive. Like, as really the only one of us that goes to Disney World on a regular basis... I see so many little girls now walking around with lightsabers, dressed as Rey, dressed as Princess Leia, like, that you didn't normally see this before. Oh, girls can't have lightsabers because they're not Jedi. No, nobody cares about that anymore. And it's cool because anybody can be a Jedi. And it's it's really friggin' awesome to, like, just see everybody enjoying this thing together instead of having this. And, and, I, and I made mention this. I wrote an, I read an, I wrote an editorial that you guys can check out. It's on greatgeekrefuge.com. You just click on editorials. It's right there. Um, where I, I, I kind of drew a line in the sand with what GGR is and what we're not. And I made a, I made a very like strong stance of we will not be a troll site. We will not be a site that talks about inflammatory things just to get page clicks. It's, that's not us. That's not going to be us. We, we are inclusive. This is a refuge for everyone. The only rule is don't be a juice bag. If you're going to be a jerk, you're not going to exist here for very long. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to put up with it. Right. And that's that's something that I, I just absolutely love. I, I just think, I don't know if any of you guys dealt with this when you were a kid, but like you go on the playground and let's say, for instance, they're all playing, I don't know, Marvel superheroes. And you say to them, hey, guys, can I play? And they're like, no, you can't play. That's the worst feeling on the face of the planet. And, like, I never want to be that person that says, no, you can't play with us. Unless the person who's like, hey, can I play? And, by the way, I don't like Jews. Yeah, hey, no, sorry. <laughs> we don't appreciate that sort of that mindset, so that's not going to work, brother. Like, I, I don't want to be one of those sites, and I feel like so many people go to that. So many people use that. So many people are focused on the negative because they know that other people will click onto that. It's 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 the dark side. It's the dark side of the force. It's It's quicker. It's more seductive, you know? easier like that's not who we are and that's not going to be who we are ever at any point so I'm, I'm stepping off my soapbox but i just i wanted to make sure that that was abundantly clear on both our website via a an article but also via podcast that it is never going to be a place of hate and tearing other people down we're all about sharing what we love and what we create and the things that the internet was meant to be to share awesome stuff not to share it hatred and anger and frustration and and saying to people 
who were just playing a role in a movie that they ruined your childhood. You're never going to hear that from us. So that's my moment. Wow. That's, that's pretty heavy, man. I appreciate the, I would like to associate myself with uh, Michael's remarks. For the record, I was the kid on the playground who, when you came and said, can I play with you? I was like, sure. We're playing X-Men. You can be Dazzler. <laughs> <laughs> you know and what, though? <laughs> Even, honestly, if you had said that, I would have been like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me and go then do I'd be like, boys, we found our Allison Blair. Let's do this. <laughs> we finally have a team. Let's do it. Um, and here's your wig. <laughs> hey, if I don't have a sequin <laughs> if I don't have a sequin shirt, then this is not going to work. Um, I, I we talked about Star Wars a little bit. Um, I want to talk about my other um, soft spot when it comes to the, the geeky nerdy realm, and that's Star Trek. Um, I'm just I'm so happy that there there's so much Star Trek happening and going to happen here very very soon. Um, We've got Star Trek Discovery, which just started season two. Um, the Orville just started their second season, which I, I made a joke. I used that that Thor Ragnarok meme um, of him talking to Banner um, in my article, where it's like, uh, "Oh, Orville isn't really Star Trek, but isn't it though?" Like it's it, it is. Everybody's like, "Well, it's different." No, it's 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 Star Trek. It's Star Trek: The Next Generation, written by Seth MacFarlane. Um, but not only that, fucking Captain Picard's coming back, like. That that's so that's so exciting. We are going to see that within the next calendar year. We will see Jean-Luc Picard in a Star Trek series again, and I just I think that that's incredible. And especially because Patrick Stewart said he was not going to do it again. That he did not want to come back. And I I mean they must have thrown an ass load of money at him. Like for him to be like, "Yeah, all right, cool. Let's do it." Um I, I'm just I'm so stoked about this. And Discovery so far, the first two episodes of season two have been dynamite. They have been very, very good. Um, the one that came on last night was, it felt like the original series. It felt like an episode of The Next Generation. It had that right feel, like this story, this is this is what Star Trek is all about, and they managed to really crystallize that. And I'm just, season one was a little hit and miss with, with those sorts of things. So I really feel like that they're, they're on the right course. Is is anybody else watching the Orville or watching Discovery, or am I the only one doing this? Just you, pal. Yep. Huh? Is it? It's just me. Uh, yes. Sons of bitches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For now, anyway. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's the tie-in, MC Brooks. I want you to tell Ulysses Campbell <laughs> and Steve Monick what you told me you want to start watching once you're done with Young Justice. Because I'm so excited about this. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember I don't even remember how it came how it even came up or what we were even talking Be- about. Because but... of because of my article basically. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So uh yeah, so I'm about halfway done with season one of Young Justice, which is really awesome. You should all go watch it. It's really cool. Um if you have the DC service that is. Um, but after I'm done with it, that should be probably be done with it in the next week or so. Told Mike that you know what, I think it's about time that I finally buckle down and actually watch a Star Trek series. You haven't watched any Star Trek? Never seen it. Really? You should probably start with Deep Space Nine. 
that's bad advice, by the way. Yeah, I was gonna say I completely disagree. Like that's like my least favorite. Yeah, don't don't ever start there. Um, what I was thinking, Yuli, because I I mean we could we could very easily be like like hardcore nerds and be like you need to watch from season one episode one and all the way through exactly we we need to cherry pick on him (laughs) i think i think that what we're going to do is for the original series what we need to do is we need to come up with like a a best of like maybe like because i mean there were uh what was it 70 how many episodes were in the 79 79 i think we can come go through and find like probably like maybe 10 to 15 of the best ones from that and then like with Star Trek The Next Gener- Generation, I actually recently did this, so I actually even have the episodes. I kind of wrote down the ones that I watched. Um, I can give you the best of those. There's only a few from season one of The Next Generation that are worth watching. Um, season two is the same, and then season three is just friggin' lights out. And then season four, same thing. Um, I think that we could do something very, very much like this and just kind of be like, um, hey, for tonight's episode, MC Brooks is going to tell us like, you know, where he's caught up. Oh, I just watched this, and then we'll talk about the episode that you just uh, recently watched and, and just kind of, you know, nerd out a, a bit about it. So, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. Um, I let's okay, we'll go around the table real quick, and everybody just kind of talk about what you're watching right now on Netflix, on TV, on Hulu, whatever it is. Um, I started it a few months ago, and I mentioned it. Um, I have been. It has been my watch before you go to bed show and that's quantum leap i watch an episode of quantum leap every night before bed i know these streaming services are meant to be binge worthy and you watch all of a an entire series in a matter of days but there's just something kind of like nostalgic about going back and watching a show serialized and watching you know an episode a night or an episode like every every week or so and like kind of stretching it out and and savoring it instead of just trying to cram it all in because i feel like a lot of times when you do that you forget a lot of the stuff like we binge we binged watch like all of orange is the new black we did like four seasons in a matter of like a few days and like i don't remember every little thing that happened i remember bits and pieces and like i feel like you don't retain it as well when you when you watch it like that um yuli what because you're our guest what are you, is there a show that you are currently that's like your go-to, that's your favorite, the one you look forward to the most uh, that you're watching right now? Oh, uh, uh, not really. I mean, I got um, I got some stuff that I'm trying to uh, catch up with. Uh, I, I was surprised to find that The Punisher had just dropped on Netflix. I've seen the first episode of that, and I enjoyed it. Um, uh, but uh, you know, and, and actually, it's funny. Um, there's uh, a show from the um, '70s, uh, late '70s, called Space 1999, and it was only two seasons. But uh, Jerry and Sylvia Anderson, um, you know, classic sci-fi, pretty, uh, eh, sort of halfway well received. But I was watching because um, you could you could watch it on uh, Amazon uh, streaming service. I think it was either Amazon or Hulu or something like that. And I had gotten almost all the way through season one of that, and I was only intending to watch the first season. And uh, then uh, they, they pulled it with about four episodes. I, I still have about four episodes remaining. And they pulled it. In fact, they pulled all the uh, Jerry and Sylvia Anderson. There was that UFO, uh, a bunch of those Super Marionation series like Captain Scarlet and um, uh, Thunderbirds and that stuff. But uh, it was coming on again on... Um, Comet TV, uh, you know, one of these cable channels. 
And um, so I caught one of like the four episodes I had remaining, and then apparently Comet isn't showing him anymore. And I'm like, oh. what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? I gotta see that because I I barely remembered this show. I mean, I I I didn't care for it when it first came out. It was uh, Martin Landau and Barbara Bain, and uh, you know the premises because uh, they were storing um, nuclear waste on the moon and there was some kind of explosion uh, with the nuclear waste dumps and the moon is torn it's a space uh, it's a it's a moon base and the the moon is torn out of earth's orbit and hurled into space and so you've got these humans uh, on this moon base and our moon that is just kind of going through space and uh, you know they encounter different alien species and you know phenomena and all this kind of thing you know sort of interesting premise but um like i said it was only two seasons i was trying to catch up with that that's sort of the closest thing that comes to mind for right now i mean you know i've just uh, you know and like i said started watching the punisher yeah but um, and trying to decide what i'm gonna do because uh you know of course the flash is in the middle of the season you know but I've, I've been watching flash and supergirl and black lightning on the cw and um trying to decide if i'm gonna keep going with supergirl you know so i mean and you know don't get me wrong i i I'm, I try to be pretty progressive, but that show has gotten so freaking preachy, it's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, M MC was talking about this the other day, too, um, that, like, there's certain things that they've done with it that actually if... And MC, you can speak to this more, more than I can, obviously, but you were saying that, like, if they kind of follow the current path they're taking, that it might actually be pretty interesting. Yeah, because... Uh, and I had the thought while I was watching... Um, this uh this week's uh, episode of Arrow, uh, uh, Arrow this this season of Arrow's kind of lost its luster, and I, I think the episode that they um that they did this past week might have been the worst episode they've done in a couple seasons, and I think it was season four that was largely forgettable. But it, I I don't really know what they're doing with with Arrow. And I don't, I don't think it's going to get canceled because the ratings uh, right now are still pretty good. But I, I, I have no idea what they're doing with that show. Meanwhile, with with Supergirl, like right now, they're they're kind of teasing. Um, they're kind of teasing the Red Daughter storyline. And I'm kind of wondering, like, when they're going to get around to it, because they they do these random teasers at kind of like the most random times during episodes, like, like what they're doing with it doesn't have anything to do with what's actually going on with the main plot right now, but they're teasing that it's coming eventually. But you're like, you only have maybe 12 episodes left of the season. So if you're going to do it, you might need to like get into that now, you mm. know? So, but, but I, I particularly enjoy it. Cause I, I, I think, I think it's, I, I think what they're doing is 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 interesting. I, th I I kind of like how they're kind of setting up this thing where. So if you, so if you've been watching Supergirl, you know like she's been basically working with the DEO since season one. That's like that's been the whole entire thing. And now what they're doing is they're essentially kind of doing with her what they've done with Flash and Arrow, where now she's going to have her own team that is separate. And I think it's about time too, because the DEO stuff was getting really, getting really played out. Um, but I think just behind Flash, it, it's 
the stuff they're doing is infinitely more interesting than what they're doing with Arrow. So I think Supergirl has potential to be good, even with its preachiness. Now, I agree. <laughs> I definitely agree. It's, it's gotten super preachy. There's a ton of, like, social justice uh, parallels, if you will, oh. in, in regards to how they're treating, you know, humans versus aliens and, and all this other stuff. Oh. But I... I I think what they're doing now is way more interesting than what they had been doing, like the first two seasons. So I'm I'm curious to see what they're going to do, and I and I really think that they have an opportunity to do something really dope if they really, whenever they introduce the the whole uh, Red Daughter uh, story arc. Is that so? As far as as far as the show that you're that that's like your go-to right now is, would you say it's Supergirl? Or do you have another one that you're like? obsessed with right now that's like your... oh no 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 right now it's young justice okay <laughs> right now and i just kind of wa- i just kind of started watching it on a on a whim i was kind of like you know i paid i'm paying for this dc subscription service i should probably try to actually use it <laughs> yeah. even though read some, read some of the comics too yeah yeah so because i have the app on my phone now i did, i forgot i didn't know that they had, they had an actual phone app now um, but yeah, so I've I've decided to just actually kind of just check out stuff that they've had, and I know a lot of people were very excited about this Young Justice show that that features uh, Robin, Kid Flash, uh, Aqualad. I can't think of who else is uh, Artemis and um, Magan. Um, uh, well, on on the show, she's uh, Martian Manhunter's niece, but. Um, I forget what they call her, but in any case, uh, and Superboy with uh, Connor Kent. Um, it's it's just it's really interesting. Like it, it reminds me of all the the good things that DC has poured their resources into, which is pretty much all of their animated films and most of the Arrowverse. Not everything, but most of the Arrowverse. And Young Justice is just kind of a continuation of that. Like they they create these, you know, they 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 make really interesting storylines. They do a good juxtaposition of having plot lines that end in a single episode, but also tying to a larger plot line that, that is taking place over the course of a season. And it's it's really for even for an animated uh, an animated show, it's it's really interesting, and I'm I'm really I'm really enjoying it so far. Okay. Steve, what's what's your go-to right now, man? What's your 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 um... I wouldn't say guilty pleasure, but like the one that you get the most excited for during the week. So after my wife falls asleep at like 8.45, 9 o'clock, because she works real hard and I'm a lazy bastard, um, <laughs> I, I flip on YouTube because right now there's so much that we've been talking about that I'm excited for. Um, I mean, we haven't even mentioned that Game of Thrones is coming back in April. I mean, yeah. there's so right. much stuff. Ooh. So there's like... Um, are we MC already mentioned like emergency awesomes channel um i like another channel called star wars explained and there's another one comics explained where they kind I, of go in yeah i love comics explained. star wars I explained mean, is one of my favorites yeah <laughs> there, there, there's so many channels like that where oh man i'm so excited for endgame and then i'll just dive into emergency awesome or comics explained and just get like my comic book fix on or uh, there's a couple Game of Thrones channels that I follow, and Emergency Awesome hits on that too. He hits on everything, really. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it just depends on, like, oh man, what new thing that's coming out that I can't wait for? And then I get that fix and 
Um, I, there's a couple Dragon Ball Z, well, Dragon Ball Super stuff because the the Broly movie, yeah, the Broly movie is out, is out right now and kind of crushing it box office wise as far as an animated movie. I mean, it's not gonna hit a billion dollars like Aquaman did, but um, I mean, as far as an, an anime film that was released in theaters, like it's doing extremely well. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. So I'm watching a lot of YouTube movies. Uh, videos to supplement my my fandom of other things <laughs> yeah i gotcha yeah yeah and youtube i think is is a often overlooked resource and just in general like it's it's a, there's a lot of great content on youtube uh, there's also some garbage content on youtube as well um and that's the problem that i have is i treat youtube um and it makes me feel like an old man because I'll watch content where like people do, <laughs> they do similar things to what we do. Like they're essentially doing a roundtable-esque discussion of something, and they're just so bad. And I'm like yelling at them, like 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 an old man yells at the TV. And I'm like, it's it's just like I just have to stop. I literally like I was watching one that was talking about the Star Trek Discovery, and half the stuff that they were saying, one of two things was happening. Either one, one of the guys was talking over top of the other guy, or two they were wrong about the stuff they were talking about. And I was just getting so mad. And I had to like close the computer and get up. And I was like, oh, and I'm just, oh, like, didn't even know what he was talking about. And he, he kept calling them lasers, they're phasers. Like, what a dumbass. I was just so mad. Like, it was, <laughs> like, I was like, I need to go on his show and tell him how wrong he is. And then get kicked off of his show. We won't make any friends and that's not good. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like, my kid just absolutely loves and adores YouTube. Like, he just watches like so many like right now he's on a, uh, it's called Defunct Land. And it's all about like different things that have gone on at theme parks, like different rides that have shut down and like the various reasons for them. And at first I was like, this sounds like the most boring thing ever. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting down watching six episodes in a row with him. And I'm just like, oh, this is really interesting. Oh, that's why it got shut down. Oh dang, I didn't realize that guy lost his hand. <laughs> like it's, it's stuff like that. It's just, it's really kind of cool. Like there's just, it's like, it's like the public access of the internet not aware of that yeah i think i think youtube has come a long way like i remember when it was only that was where you shared stupid videos like yeah. everybody was like oh hey look up this one video that's like you know a minute and a half long of this kid falling off of his bike you know like it's, it's stuff like that and then like now it's become like entire streams of content there there there's tv shows they had that um the um cobra kai show the one that was yeah. the uh, yep the uh, yeah. continuation of, uh, of Karate Kid. That was a YouTube Red, I believe. Yeah, and I was going to say they got their own like streaming channel now with exclusive content yeah. that you have to pay for. <laughs> yeah, like a chump. Yeah, forget that. That's the key. Yeah, yeah. You got to pay for it. Yeah, no thanks. Um, I guess he's the chump who's paying for it. Oh, is his name? Oops. Does it rhyme with uh, Shem B. Brooks? <laughs> Yeah. No, not or really. Or deny. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was talking about somebody else actually. So, jokes yeah. on me. Um, no, I, it's 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 an awesome world we live in, and that's a perfect tie-in because this great geeky world that we all love and adore has a refuge. So if you're at work and you're talking about things that you don't really enjoy, but you got to do it because you got to pay the bills, and you want to talk about comic books, you want to talk about video games, you want to talk about movies, sports, music, whatever it is. We've got a place for you. It's the Great Geek Refuge. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. That's exactly where you go if you want to find our awesome content. If you want to listen to our awesome content, we have a cavalcade, a cornucopia, if you will, of shows for your geeky, nerdy pleasure. In fact, 
We're going to have a bunch of them coming up here real soon. I know Mr. MC Brooks has an episode of The Overflow that's coming up. I know yes. that there is going to be an episode of Stop Me If You've Heard This that I've been talking about for months. I am almost finished with the David Bowie episode. It will be ready by this weekend. So prepare yourselves, set your iTunes for download because it's coming and you can enjoy this awesome episode that I have uh, for everybody. And then, of course, more great uh, GGR Pirate Radio uh, that will be coming very, very soon as well. Um, guys, we'll give quick hitters here. Is, is there anything that we that we didn't mention that you wanted to at least get out there uh, before we go ahead and wrap to, wrap up things? We'll start with our guest and give him a chance to plug his stuff, Mister Ulysses E. Campbell. Oh well, thank you very much. Um, no, nothing uh, that I can uh, uh, shout out about um, at this instant, but just. Uh, if you're interested in more of uh, me or uh, the content that uh, I'm producing uh, on Fantastic Forum or Arlington in the Morning, you can visit fantasticforum.tv or uh, you can tune in to WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia, uh, Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. for Arlington in the Morning. You can also stream that content via WERA.FM. I do a show called Fantastic Forum. It's the uh, radio version of a television show that is marketed on a number of community media stations on the East Coast. And uh, you can tune into the radio version of that also on WERA uh, Saturday afternoons from 4 to 5. And uh, thank you very much, uh, Mike, for the plug. Oh, you can also catch some of the content on GGR, That's right. Pirate Radio. Subscribe, subscribe to the Fantastic Forum podcast. It is on greatgeekrefuge.com. If you just click on podcast, look for it right there. And you can subscribe and listen to it on iTunes or your downloading service of choice when it comes to podcasts. Mr. MC Brooks, I know that you did a podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what we can expect on the next episode of The Overflow with MC Brooks? Okay, so I should I don't know how this slipped my mind, but I probably should have mentioned this just a few moments ago when I was when we were talking about shows that we're watching. Yeah. We just had the season finale for probably my favorite cartoon out right now, which is Steven Universe. And shit was completely like mind blowing. And my next episode is going to be talking about the current season or the this last season of Steven Universe and also uh, some stuff that they're going to uh, probably be doing for season six because we know season six is confirmed to be happening. So, yeah, the next next overflow is going to be that Steven Universe and the amazingness of season five. Awesome. I can't seriously can't wait to hear it, man. Because um, Jax and I have been watching that show and he's been getting me hooked on it. It's actually I'm really enjoying it. I'm normally not a big fan of a lot of the stuff on Cartoon Network, but I'm, I'm really enjoying Steven Universe so far. Um, Mr. Steve Monick, any tease for what we're going to be seeing next week on the Geek Sheets? Well, that's always the fun thing about the Geek Sheets, though, is that you never know what's coming. You know, it's the geek news. You know, whatever is going to be on the Geek Sheets could be happening right now. I like to see. I like that you took what I gave you and ran with it. This is why this team thing works with us here at GGR. Guys, we got tons of content, and the, the big thing that I want to do, and I'm the, going forward, it's another, I guess you can say it's a New Year's resolution, because um, we didn't, we, we try to do it as often as possible, but like, I'm going to keep doing it on the, at the end of every episode, every episode. We're incredibly humbled and thankful that you guys listen to 
our shenanigans and mm. nerdiness every single time. Thank you so much. I mean, we, we, we talked about how we were into the tens of thousands of people that have listened to our podcast, and that's just incredible. That, that's just awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing us. Um, I have people that are friends of friends of friends who are like, oh, hey, this guy turned me on to your show. And I'm like, I don't even know who that is. And they're like, oh, well, he's in this community. And I look him up and I'm like, oh, he's friends with Rambo or oh, he's friends with Steve or oh, he's friends with MC or he's friends with uh, Danny Rogue. Like it, there, there's so many different people that have been turned on to our stuff. And it's just it's awesome. I, I love that we've got this great uh, network of friends and fans and it's it's awesome. So thank you. Thank you all. Thank you guys right here in this Skype conversation. MC Brooks, uh, Ulysses E. Campbell, Steve Monick. Thank you for coming on tonight, guys. Uh, for all of our crew here at GGR, uh, for all of us involved on the Great Geek Refuge, thank you so much for listening and have yourselves a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for more podcasts and our awesome articles. This has been a Pirate Radio Network production juice bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!